Welcome to the Curious Creators Podcast, the place which allows you to explore your imagination, creativity, and listen to expert insights from the world of art and design. Uh, we are going to meet with uh, 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 Dr. Stewart English, and here's uh, Rafik and Liana. We are going to uh, have uh, uh, an exploration to uh, Dr. Stewart English. Uh, uh, idea about design and the philosophy behind design and so on. Uh, I'd like to uh, have some kind of an introduction. To first of all, I would like uh, you, Dr. Stewart, to tell us about 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 yourself. So, um, uh, well, I'm Stuart English, and I'm associate professor at Northumbria University in the School of Design. And my background is really in um, industrial design. I trained as an industrial designer, and I practiced. Uh, designing engineer uh, work, uh, products of engineering content, I suppose, uh, initially. And, um, and then I set up another industrial design company uh, called Glenelg Design. And uh, at the university, I, I ran the industrial design program, and then I ran various um, uh, master's programs. Um, uh, I pioneered the, the first distance learning master's program at Northumbria University in design. Um, and uh, eventually I did my PhD by published work. Um, so I'd been involved in a lot of innovation projects, um, a lot of things where um, uh, the ideas that we generated became strategically important for businesses. And so I reflected on all of these and um, uh, my or the, the outcome of that uh, PhD by published work was really about the development of something I called um, uh, multiple perspective problem framing, um, which, which is really gathering about gathering a complexity of data uh, and then being able to navigate and synthesize that um, uh, in order to create new forms of value out of that complexity. Um, so I did my PhD, I got my PhD in 2010, and then since then I've been, um, uh, I've, I've, I've undertaken various roles within the uh, university. Um, but my, my real research interest is in innovation and um, innovation as a consequence of how we think about problems and situations. So I, I look at uh, ideas as being um, as much based on what we understand uh, of the situation or the problem as as about generating the idea itself um, so yeah that's me <laughs> yeah, interesting because in brazil um, uh, 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 i would say graphic design and product design are uh, uh, way initially in the uh, under the umbrella of industrial design so i was studying industrial design and uh, and later i chose uh, visual communication. Uh, I could have chosen product design, things like that. Very interesting that you say uh, the, your background in the industrial design. But in, the, what what does uh, design mean to you? Hmm. Well, um, I mean, I suppose um, when I say my background is in industrial design, I, I guess. Um, 
I think Richard Seymour had a had a great way of describing this, I think, because he he described design in two terms. He, he described the specialist execution, which would fall into those discipline-based um, activities. So, you know, industrial design is a is a design discipline. And then um uh uh, and, and, you know, you can have other disciplines like fashion design or interior design or graphic design in, in his uh, explanation. Um, and that specialist execution is about the realisation, the, the, the skills to be able to realise a design in a particular form. Um, but he also described design in terms of polymath interpolation, which is about the way that we build uh, complexity, or in fact, the way that we... Um, the way that we did kind of discover that complexity and um, the way that we were able to build new associations and new links out of out of complexity so we sort of we're building complexity in order to create new realities really um, you know when we're not uh, we're not defining um, reality in that concrete way we're building a, a, a complex and fluid ill-defined um, uh, set of factors that we can interpret in many different ways and you know for me the value of design is about um that interpretation as a relational language really oh, interesting wow <laughs> i believe this is this is uh, his, where i believe his torset inspired his uh, abduction model of frame of innovation i believe you agree with that yeah, I mean, I, I, <laughs> um, I, I think uh, Keystore's work is is very interesting. You know, the frame frame innovation work is very interesting because it is about the way that um, we frame our understanding of situations. Um, but I think I would take a sort of slightly different view of design to what Keystore's would take. In that, um, uh, you know, Key Keystore's uh, um, description of reason and and the, the kind of ab abductive approach relative to that reasoned approach um so you know ab abduction i guess uh, oh if you take if you take reason you know you, you could take a sort of top-down view and 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 uh, look at that in terms of deductive reason or you could take a bottom-up view and look at that in terms of indu inductive reason and and keystore's idea of um abductive reason um is is about is is a bit like induction but it's induction without actually knowing everything there is to know to be able to um, uh, uh, um, uh, to, to reason a particular thing. So there's a lot of um, uh, leaps of faith that have to happen in that. Um, but the other aspect of that is that it, it, it does, that approach or that, that kind of philosophical standpoint does demand uh, there to be a, a kind of objective truth to the situation. And um, and I think that's where I would uh, um, uh, what diverge from from key stores because I, I don't uh, I don't believe in an objective truth. Um, I believe that 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 truth is made by people, and um, uh, and so I would take much more of a radical constructivist standpoint on um, on design, where um, where reality is made. Um, or we make our reality. Well, I mean, constructivism, I think, uh, would say that we, uh, we make our knowledge, we create our knowledge. And um, from a design perspective, I think we create our reality. 
um, you know, if you look around you, all of the things that are around about you are, they come out of people's minds, really. <laughs> you know, all of those, uh, all of your environment, pretty much, that you're, that you're probably sitting in now, it's come out of somebody's mind. Um, and so my, my view is that we make our, our reality, and not only that, but from a radical constructivist perspective, we can make it any way we like at any point we like. And so I, I don't subscribe to a more kind of positivist view that, uh, uh, that, we, that there is some sort of objective truth out there that we, um, that we, have, to, that we have to find um, in order to make that reality. I, I, I believe that uh, we make the reality ourselves and we can make it whatever way we like. Uh, and how is the involvement of the user when you are doing the things that somebody's going to use? You know, everything's around you, you are using, you are, and the designer who are thinking this, how, how, how is this connection of when you design and you include the other in your point of view? I mean, I think, um, I think we, you know, in the West, uh, certainly, we, we we find it difficult to escape a kind of dualistic uh, um, understanding of the world where um, we sort of consider ourselves as um, uh, um, observers passing through that objective world. And, um, uh, and a lot of design, I think, tends, because of that, to focus on the objective world, you know, the things out there. But um, for me... I would say that you know we can't really we can't really design without designing ourselves in the process. You know the process of designing things into an objective world also involves the the process of designing ourselves and and understanding ourselves. And so the the um, uh, you know I, Sean talked about this in terms of in terms of res reflective practice, but our development of our own self awareness and our own mindfulness is is the thing really that I think helps us to appreciate um, uh, how people, how other people will interact with the things that we create. So our, um, uh, our um, perception, our, our experience, our, our personal experience, our, um, our understanding of ourselves and our understanding of our experience of the world um, aligns with um, other people's understanding of the world as well. And so when we're thinking about interaction, the way that people interact with things, we're, we're thinking about it from our own perspective. Um, you know, the, the idea that uh, we, can, um, uh, we, we, can, we can communicate some things through, through conceptual means, but, um, but our own appreciation of our experience um, I think we, we aim to, as designers, I think we aim to reflect that um, for other people to be able to experience. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Dennett's, Daniel Dennett's idea of qualia, or, um, in that, uh, um, you know, only we know what it's like to experience something. We can't actually communicate that um, in any direct means. Um, so, you know, only I know what it's like to smell new mown grass, um, because what I experience, I can't communicate that to you. I can communicate it in words, in concepts, but I can't communicate the direct experience. And, you know, that's what we're aiming to do as designers, I think, 
to to imagine um, uh, well well to experience what what that will what that is like for ourselves and to be able to um, well we to to be able to create it for ourselves in the hope that other people experience it in the same sort of way interesting you talk about the west um uh, way to think uh, what's the influence of the east in in your thought <laughs> um i mean i i also find it difficult to escape that idea of dualism um you know the idea of a kind of uh monistic or uh, well a, a monistic view of reality i think where um where there is a you know we tend to separate it into the subjective and the objective and i find that difficult to break out of myself but um you know uh, uh an eastern view or a uh, and in fact i think a lot of a lot of um or, or many many people in the east might also think about reality in that way i think as well but there is this um uh or the idea of monism where um uh, both the um uh both the subject and the object are one is something that i'd love to be able to grasp in my own mind um but i think my my background is you know makes it <laughs> Have you read this book? Um, I, I don't know the name in English. It's about a German guy that went to Japan, I think, and learned the art of archery, the archery art, and they no. they become you, you don't uh, you don't focus on the target, you just focus on the movement. Yeah. And when you focus on the movement, you and the and the and arc is one, yeah. and uh, and the result is the result is that you reach the target. But if you focus in the target, it's wrong. It's it's it's, it's about his. He was learning this. He went. This German guy. He went to Japan and he learns this. And it's a it's a very uh, thin book. Um, in Brazil, you have this uh, free in Portuguese in the internet. Probably you, you must have maybe in English free as well. I think you read in one hour. <laughs> one hour is, is not one hour because we almost ate the book so nice when you see it's finished. But it's, it's really talk about a little bit about it. You're talking about the, this, yeah. this, the process, like um, we focus on the process. Uh, and uh, the result is a consequence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'd really like to read that. If, um, I, if maybe we could put that in the chat. <laughs> yeah, I, fi I find, I find it the, the in English I'll put. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. May, may I say, Eliana? So I work with uh, with Stuart, and I believe that what you mentioned here in this particular practice. It is exactly what I see him while he, while he working with complex problem. So usually, when when the students and 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 the faculty is asking about that that final target, usually say say I don't know. So and he he, he elaborates was that, that the experience itself and how we move in the in the in the area of exploration and understanding the problem. I think that that fits well with with. 
with, with your uh, strategy and, and, and philosophy of understanding the design process and how this can actually, you don't focus into the final target, what you what you need to achieve, but process itself. And as you move forward through this process, you reach, you reach the target. Yeah, it yeah. seems that target uh, at the end it's a consequence of everything you are doing, uh, but but has to have a consequence. You no, know, at the end of this archery story, the, 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 he reaches the, the 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 what he has to reach. But the focus, you no, know, it's just the focus where we're going to put our our mind and how how we act as well. In this in this book, it's is just the arc and him are one, and 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 the arrow are, are one, and uh, when the, he reaches this, he got what he wants. It's, it's really really nice, um, interesting. I think you really would like. I would like maybe if you could talk more about this mood perspective problem framing, um, and maybe if you could focus on the significant in the design process what do you think maybe yeah. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah something that sort of came to mind when you were talking there is alan, alan watts's book uh, the wisdom of insecurity um and the um you know what we a lot of what we what we tend to do and, and we when we when we explain the world um we we jump to conclusions about it and um uh, that that is limiting as far as our um, um, creativity is concerned, because we've already decided that you know <laughs> that that's a glass. <laughs> you know, we've already we've already um, given the the things that we've created concepts. You know, we've, we've projected those concepts into into the physical world. You know, even though they were they started off as being shared ideas. Um, we projected them into the physical world and um and from then on you know they they become the reality and um i think it was built um uh winston churchill said uh we we uh get i can get the quote right but he said something like um we we shape our buildings and thereafter they shape us and um you know the way that we build our reality you know shapes the way that we think reality is um so the idea of multiple perspective problem framing is to um is is about the way that we gather data or the way that we gather information that that um, will help us to um to build a, a, a well i call it a value arena it it's aligns with the idea of problem space really you know in in design research we talk about problem space and solution space um, problem space being how we understand the problem or the situation and uh, uh, solution space being the kind of scoping out of the potential within that problem or situation and um, I think we um, uh, let's see the, the way um, the way the way we think about a problem or a situation um, is kind of critical to what we can build within it I think the idea of problem space, you know, comes along with its own problem because it describes there being a problem. <laughs> you know, it, it, the part <laughs> there's a space and there's a problem. There's a problem space, and um, and you know, I prefer the um, the term value arena um, because 
that you know it's about value it's not necessarily about a problem um, i love this you can't <laughs> imagine how i love it i use i used to work the word issue for don't use the word problem but I, I, value arena is interesting it's really good <laughs> um, so you know multiple perspective problem framing is about building that value arena to begin with and the com and, yeah. and being comfortable with that complexity you know a, a lot of um well a lot of people that i've worked with a lot of organizations that i've worked with um they're they are generally very uncomfortable with complexity they they, they want answers and they and um the 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 kind of solidity of reality almost comes from uh, that that kind of concrete confidence in that being a glass. Um, and as soon as you start to break that up, then we don't really know what there is. But the, the I mean, what what multiple perspective problem framing does is it is it builds in data or or um, uh, you know contributing factors from lots of different perspectives, um, and the reason for doing that is to build that complex value arena now at that point you have something that is probably quite unstructured and um and quite uh, quite difficult to get your head around really um it can be very confusing can be um uh, and and certainly we find this a lot with our students they become very confused at, at this point um but the purpose of building that complexity is to be able to interpret it in different ways so we're not saying it is that or it is this. Um, we're we're saying well these are all the things that that are relevant in this situation, or that could be relevant in this situation. And then we're going to adopt certain methods to navigate that and to synthesize that complexity into something that we think might be valuable in the circumstances that we have. Um, so it, it, you know we're building that complexity in order to synthesize new forms of value and so multiple perspective problem framing is about the di discovery phase where we're looking at building in all of all of these factors from different perspectives but it's also about the ability to be able to navigate that and to synthesize out, out of that complexity um, uh, you know new interpretations it's about building new interpretations out of that complexity so you know we build complexity in order to generate new interpretations of what reality could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can see. Uh, the, the, the image come to my mind, uh, it's like um, it's something to give people more, more, don't feel so lost in a situation that the ideal is that they, they be lost. <laughs> but for them, don't feel so lost, you have something that they, they can hold until they've realized that this thing is really helping them to, to not get lost at the end. But <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like a, in, a, we have everybody in water and have some floaters. Uh, so I have something in security. But it's important you feel the water. It's important that you feel that moment uh, of uh, discover other places to, to swim to. But if you want to stop, there is a floater here, there is a floater here. But it's important you know that there are other places, other situations. I don't want to take out you from the water, because if you take out you from the water, you want to develop anything, you want to create anything or design anything. So let's be, I don't know. I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm 
uh, I, I'm trying to understand and, and doing images in my head about about it. It's it's it seems that something to to, to give some uh, put perspective problem solving framing. <laughs> so I, it's a framing to, to resolve lots of things. Yeah. Sorry, I, it's, it's new for me, but it's very very exciting. <laughs> Well, we started to to apply this with the with the Lego project a bit. Uh, uh, we have this this semester. What I understand from Eliana's talking about about this idea of like holding and losing at the same time, and this is what I felt when I learned about the multi-perspective problem framing. So it appreciates uncertainty, but in the same time it provides a framework. It appreciates that there is the reality around can be breaking out into the several several elements and then can be simply again into a totally different way but in the same time it can be it provides this the framework this is why actually i i felt in love with the method as it applies it, it allows us to appreciate the uncertainty the creativity the the need to understand the people around us and in the same time in, or, in order to achieve something that it can be innovative yeah like, uh, I feel that you, so. You, you applied the the, the multi-perspective problem framing in several co companies, and in health uh, health sector as well. Uh, so, can can you tell us more about this link yeah, between the theory and practice? Yeah, um, I mean, on on uh, on on one level, I think you know, um, it, it is about the um, the kind of funda fundamental. Uh, relational language of kind of matter and matter and energy at a very um, <laughs> atomic level, I suppose. Uh, but um, you know, when when we apply it with business and uh, other organisations, um, uh, it 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 is about um, it is about much more dealing with universal concepts and the relationship of universal concepts. So. Um, uh, what what I mean by universals, uh, universal concept. Um, so um, jo John Willett had a great um, uh, saying about this. He said uh, that when a when a child says, "Look at me, mummy, I'm a swan dancing," the swan in the communication is a universal swan. And and as designers, we deal with universal idea of things. And then we turn the universe, you know, that that's, we turn that universal from through our creative um, capacity into uh, physical, some form of physical experience, and um, which we can then um, uh, ex experience ourselves, you know, through our own sort of senses. Um, the the uh, the approaches a. Um, Multiple perspective problem framing approaches um, are really about gathering. Uh, well, I mean, they, they could be about doing a, a number of things. Um, so they could be about product innovation. They could be about um, strategic innovation for the business. Um, they could be about personal direction or personal um, uh, what uh, personal development plans, that sort of thing. They could be about patents. Um, you know, I've used. Um, uh, multiple perspective problem framing with quite a number of uh, projects to identify the, the factors that in combination define the claims of 
of a pattern. Um, uh, in other situations, I mean, we, we ran a number of uh, projects which were to do with the strategic direction of organizations. And so in these, we, we collected uh, uh, data from um, things like the, the, the company leadership, the company um, uh, know-how, their technologies, their assets, um, change factors that were going on in the industry, and then um, uh, uh, amongst other things, and then use those to, um, to build a value arena. So, so that those fields of investigation then allowed us to build a value arena and which was, you know, is a sort of complex set of uh, factors that we can then play around with the relationship of. And it's that relationship that builds the, uh, the innovative strategy or the innovative product or the innovative uh, intellectual property. It's that relationship that you can build from those different factors that, that underpins the value that, um, that comes out of a, um, a multiple perspective problem framing approach. Uh, we that we we worked with one <laughs> we worked with one very big multinational and the first thing they said to us was uh, well it all starts with the idea and we said actually <laughs> no it doesn't um, uh, because what well, they were trying to take their their uh, they were coming up with these ideas and they were trying to take these ideas to their head office to to sell basically to uh, to get support from the head office to uh, to develop um, you know this is a multinational organization it takes um many many millions to to gear up to to make one of these um innovations and um they weren't able to convince the head office um because they had they tried to started with the idea really and they hadn't really been able to underpin that with all of the um the factors that might influence that idea and you know they hadn't investigated that from enough perspectives we we ended up giving them a set of uh, um, of six sets of questions um, that explore different fields of inquiry, and they knew absolutely everything about about four of them, and quite a lot about the fifth, and virtually nothing about the sixth. And um, by introducing those elements to or those factors to the construction of that value arena we were able to open up new opportunities um, that resulted from the, the, um, the framing of, um, uh, well, the framing of what, um, of what those possibilities could be, you know, so, so the framing sort of slightly changed because what we were feeding into it had, had, had changed. Therefore, new things became possible. So you talk about the, the fields of inquiry. So, so can you clarify this a bit? So, um, so fields of inquiry might be about. Um, uh, so there, there's there's yeah. So fields of inquiry are are um, areas that we need to find out about to e explore a particular situation. So, um, I've been involved in the development of a treatment for macular eye disease, for example. And um, the sorts of things that we had to find out about were to do with um, uh, the, the, the sort of science behind 
macular eye disease. Um, this is actually relating specifically to diabetic retinopathy and diabetic macular edema. Um, so we had to find out about the science and then we had to find out about the, the uh, medical research that had gone on in that area. And we, we had to find out about the, um, the technologies. So, so, um, uh, uh, so this, uh, we, we were involved in kind of thin film um, OLED technologies. Um, but at the same time as that, we all, we're also looking at, well, um, ergonomics of people, you know, people's, uh, uh, people's shape, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the, the shape of their skulls and the distance between their eyes and where their nose is. And, and we also had to find out about uh, uh, their kind of day-to-day -day routines and how they, uh, how they slept and... Um, um, uh, and so, um, you know, that we, we were looking at, or we were trying to find data from lots and lots of different fields. And in order to be able to do that, yeah, we set up these fields of inquiry. And then with each, within each one of those fields of inquiry, whether that be to do with, you know, the clinical research or to do with the technology or to do with the anthropometrics of people, um, we then asked a set of questions in each one of those fields of inquiry in order to gather together uh, the, um, the information that we might need. And, and those, um, those questions are really, yeah, uh, the other thing about those questions is that they are not, um, they're, not, they're not about trying to fix something. They're not about trying to discover the answer to something. They are uh, what I term push questions. So the difference between a push question and a pull question um, in my terminology would be that um, a, a push question would say, well, how much water goes down this river in an hour? Whereas a pull question might be, how can we get across this river? So one, the pull question is answering uh, a, a question, uh, answering a, a challenge, I suppose, whereas a pull question, a push question is just um, uh, finding out data. And so the value arena is populated by answering push questions, just finding out data, just finding out information, because what we then want to do with that is play with that data and play with the relationship of those factors in order to do new stuff, in order to do new things. So we haven't even described at that point uh, really what the what the challenge is or what the or what a problem that we want to solve is. Um, we've we've just uh, collected information about the situation because we can we can ad address that later on and it means that we can address different problems with this within the same um within the same value arena or different um opportunities within that same value arena sometimes when you when you see a complex situation and you make a pattern out of it that gives you a value opportunity that you never even knew was there. You know, you never, you, you didn't see that there, you didn't see there being a problem there, but you suddenly, because you, you've made this um, insightful pattern with all of that complex data, you can see that there's an opportunity. And, and really that goes back to what I was saying at the beginning in terms of describing a value arena rather than a problem space. I think that I, I want to, to, to ask about the cornerstones, but I feel like Eliana is having like lots of questions. I can see, <laughs> so I can I can. Yeah, so uh, I will let her. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I 
think we it, this is conversation can can go uh, infinite because it's really really interesting the subject and uh, exciting. Um, but but maybe uh, I don't know how time how how is the time now. But I'd like to ask maybe it would be the, the last question. I don't know, but because you have several collaboration in healthcare, you mentioned about the organizations. You mentioned about this disease. What's the current uh, state of design in this industry, and how can this be improved in the future? Yeah, yeah. So this is um, this is really um, you know. Uh, current current issue with COVID and um, uh, and and with um, uh, you know we we're we're all kind of living longer um, and you know with that long life comes more chronic illnesses um, illnesses that we have to live with uh, for long periods of time and they have to be managed and so you know when we think about that in relation to the um, uh, the kind of historical um, structures of healthcare, which involve us visiting a hospital or visiting the doctor, and um, and and getting a very um, uh, well so sometimes sometimes invasive um, um, treatment to solve a particular problem. Um, uh, that's uh, that that is. Um, expensive to deliver and as you know we get older and there's more and more chronic illnesses it's just going to become more and more and more expensive to deliver because we have we have to have a hospital we have to have the 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 facilities and the equipment and we have to have uh, the doctors and the nurses and the people who manage all of that estate and everything else um, I'm not for one moment saying that those things are not necessary but they are they are part of the answer. Another part of the answer is ourselves and the way that we are able to um, uh, manage our own health. And so I think that there is a massive opportunity in the development of self-administered health treatments, particularly um, uh, as we're now able to link the monitoring of ourselves with um, uh, with um, systematic data, yeah, uh, with, with, with data that exists in systems. So, you know, we can, if we're diabetic, we can compare our data with millions of other people around the world um, it, um, in order to be able to monitor that and, and make effective interventions um, in, in managing it. And mm -hmm. so um, that aspect of self-administered uh, health tech treatments where um, where the patient takes more uh, responsibility for themselves and their own health um, gives that gives that patient a lot more uh, um, uh, autonomy in in um, uh, in maintaining their own health mm -hmm. it can also be directly connected into um, data networks that monitor other people and it can also be directly connected to uh, clinical specialists as well. And so, um, and, and in doing all of that, we can stay at home and still treat ourselves. Um, you know, we don't need to go to hospital and 
potentially risk getting COVID or, the, or uh, you know, we don't need to sit on the bus for uh, half an hour each way, or we don't need to go and park in the car park and pay five pound an hour or whatever <laughs> they charge. Um, uh, and yeah. so, you know, if, if we look at both of these two things, you know, the, 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 um, uh, the, the hospital estates, the, the, um, uh, the doctors, the, um, uh, the, the, the historical um, understanding of healthcare, and we look at the new opportunities that are coming along for self-administered healthcare, uh, there's a balance to be struck there, really, between these two things. Uh, but they're, they're, they're both valuable. And the thing that's actually up and coming is the self-administered uh, health tech, uh, self-administered treatments, really, um, that, that are both, um, uh, that, that both sort of monitor the individual, allow the in individual to take responsibility for their own health, and are also connected with other individuals in a network and uh, clinical specialists. Oh, very interesting. I think it would, would uh, uh, face some problems related to drugs, drugs, not drugs, because uh, people can't uh, buy some things just if the doctor say you have to buy. But I can see the future. Lots of professions, including the, the doctor's professions, There'll be and the way the things work nowadays will change completely. I think the the pandemic had a, a speed. Lots of things uh, with this um, digital revolution that we're feeling now. Things that would be would things that we would be experiencing in five years or ten years. We are experiencing now, and uh, this is interesting. To, to see how we can you can see a, a health center empty already. <laughs> yeah. so what's going on? The, the, all the 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 appointments online. Uh, sometimes just in telephone, people even don't see the other, which I think is strange because it's nice somebody see or see if you are look like well, you look like healthy. You are. I don't know how, how you are, but I, I believe that uh, lots of things are from the future already seeing some, some things now, though. And uh, yeah, in, very interesting. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, thank you, nice to talk. So, uh, no, ju just thank you very much, it's a great opportunity. I would like this to be uh, the first meet of, of other, other ones. <laughs> uh, and, uh, Thank you very much, Rafik, for inviting me for, for this interview. Okay, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts about design and, and design philosophy, and especially the application of the multi-perspective problem framing. And uh, uh, so thank you for, for being with us today. And thank you, Juliana, for this uh, amazing question and discussion, elaboration and so on. Uh, thank you so much. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> if you've enjoyed today's discussion, don't forget to follow this podcast for free on your podcast app of choice and avoid missing out on any future panel discussions. Keep up to date with us via social media at Art Design Wales, and we will see you next time.